If it's convenient, I invite you to stand to sing this song. Angels are singing. Don't you like to sing? Angels are singing redemption sweet song. this morning and once again this evening. And please allow me a, another opportunity to welcome you. So great to see you for the second time on this, the first day of the week. And I'll get situated in just a moment, I promise. It's always good when we can be together. And we can sing songs of praise. We can pray together. We can fellowship one with the other in unity and that we can enjoy a message from God's Word together. 
Uh, we're happy for those that have been returned to us safely, that's had good trips, and we're thankful for answered prayers. And let's remember to continue to pray and remember those that have requested us to do so through the avenue of prayer. We just have so much to be thankful for now. With that being said, uh, I've had a fantastic afternoon. Really enjoyed visiting with several individuals from the church. Enjoyed the good meal, the fellowship, the games that we played. and I really enjoyed the visit with brother and sister horsemen. All things considered, they seem to be doing fairly well in a good frame of mind and seem to be well taken care of. And it was just a joy to be with them and visit individuals that mean so much to us. This Bible that I preach from, it says Virgil Horseman on the front of it. He gave it to me years ago and I've carried it for some time. It's very special to me and he's had a great impact on my life as well as his wife. So it's a joy to visit with them. In the first part of our lesson uh, this morning, I, I shared with you a song uh, regarding heaven and heaven. They're singing and some individuals uh, spoke to me after the service and said, I'm really not familiar with that song and would enjoy singing that song. And so I thought that maybe we would do just that. My only question is, will it show up here with the... Okay, excellent. So the words, the stanzas will be up here for you. And uh, you may see why they asked me to speak when I lead singing. You may see now I know why Brother Baker does the speaking and not leading the singing. That may be obvious, but I do enjoy singing and I look forward to singing this song with you. And if you don't know it, we'll try to learn it together. It's got an enjoyable tune and even better, it has very scriptural and encouraging words. So please, if you will, uh, we'll sing all three stanzas. Not a really long song. In heaven, they're singing. So we'll start with the first stanza and then after the song has concluded, we will dive back into the second part of our lesson. Uh, let's sing together, please. In heaven they're singing a wonderful song, a theme that shall never grow old. And glorified millions are singing it now in that beautiful city of gold. They're singing the songs of salvation, a story that never grows old. And glorified millions are singing it now in that beautiful city of gold. We read of its beauty, but somehow we know its glory has never been told. But think of the rapturous singing up there in that beautiful city of gold. They're singing the songs of salvation, a story that never grows old. And glorified millions are singing it now in that beautiful city of gold. What music we'll hear when the ransomed of earth shall enter that heavenly fold. When all redeemed sing 
join in that song in that beautiful city of gold. They're singing the songs of salvation, a story that never grows old. And glorified millions are singing it now in that beautiful city of gold. Amen. Thank you for the thank you and thank you for the privilege of singing that song with you. It's been a little while since I've led singing. I've always enjoyed it. And uh, having great voices like yours uh, made me a lot better. And I appreciate that so, so much. I think Brother A.T. Pay must have been on to something because he would lead songs all the time before he preached. He would get up and say, let's sing this song together. He may have been on to something. I may need to adopt that <laughs> moving forward. If you have your Bible... I would invite you please to open with me to Romans chapter 15. We're picking up please in the second part of our Bible lesson on the question of why do we sing? Earlier in the day we have established that we sing for several reasons, namely to praise God, to celebrate God, uh, we seem to remember uh, places, events, times that are near and dear to our hearts. And of course, we seem to teach one another. And we strive to, as we just did and as we did with the songs that Brother Robbins picked out, we strive to sing songs together, songs, hymns, and spiritual songs that communicate the truth of God's Word. Like Psalm 19, truly singing psalms is one merry among you. Let him do just that. Sing psalms. In James 5.13, we will read that together in just a few moments. So, to pick back up in the second part of our lesson here in Romans 15, I want to share with you, starting in verse 5, now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another and that according to Christ Jesus. And I emphasize verse 6, that with one mind and yes, one mouth, you may glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One way with one mind and one mouth that we can glorify our Lord is through the song service and through the singing that we offer. And as individual Christians, we all have the privilege when we come together in a worship setting to sing. Each individual Christian has the right given by God through His Word to express joy, to express adoration, and to teach through singing. If we have the ability to do that, that's something that's near and dear to us and something that we enjoy tremendously. So fourth, we covered three points this morning. So fourthly, picking back up, we sing in preparation. We sing to prepare our hearts. The Bible speaks of a need for preparation. I call your attention again to the book of Psalms, chapter 19, and verse 14, thinking about preparation in our lives. The Bible says, Let the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart, what truly motivates me, in other words, be acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord, my strength and also my Redeemer. That takes preparation. That takes study. That takes intent. And that's communicated through the song service that we participate in. If we were to turn to the New Testament and consider Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 10, which simply says, strive to find out what is pleasing or acceptable unto the Lord. To be acceptable, we must take time to prepare our hearts. It's not something that just happens for us. It takes work. It takes labor. It takes dedication and the Lord is worthy. I call your attention to another Old Testament Scripture. 1 Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 19. Thinking about taking time to prepare our hearts. The Bible says, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. You see... Songs that we sing can prepare our minds for various and different aspects of worship, work, and service unto the Lord. And I want to give you some examples of this in the like fashion that I did this morning. But please consider these hymns. When we think about the Lord's Supper, when I survey the wondrous cross, teaches so much in preparation for the Lord's Supper. In preparation for our sermon, think of the song, Break Thou the Bread of Life, Dear Lord, Unto Me. When we think about preparing to come together and worship corporately, think about the Gospel hymn, Lord, we come before Thee now. As we consider preparation for prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care. When we think about the gospel invitation extended, we sing, Why keep Jesus waiting? And lastly, when thinking about service in our lives, we sing in preparation, I want to be a worker for the Lord in the vineyard and in the kingdom of the Lord. So truly stated and easy to understand, the Bible teaches that singing is a stepping stone in our preparation for work, labor, service, evangelism, worship, prayer, teaching, no matter what the method may be. We can sing and we can prepare our hearts, our spiritual selves, for participation in these various aspects of worship. Fifth, simply stated, we sing to demonstrate and show the love that we have for God. Oftentimes, I'm humbled and I take a step back and I think about what a joy it is to sing. And I think about that the Creator of our world desires us to sing to 
and for Him. Now think about that. Did I earn the right to do that? Do I deserve the right to address the Lord in any way, form, or fashion? But He allows us the joy and the privilege of singing unto Him. Teaching His Word through the songs that we sing and encouraging and admonishing one another as we sing and make melody in our hearts. Truly, the melody comes from us, our spiritual selves, through the words that we sing. The book of Romans, as a matter of fact, calls Christians instruments of righteousness. So therefore, we have the ability to make the melody and extend the grace from our hearts unto the Lord. It's easy to understand. First and foremost, thinking about showing our love to God through our song, God has commanded us to sing. We've already read Colossians 3.16. We've already read Ephesians 5.19. Even in the long, long ago. Psalm chapter 30 and verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, all you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance fifty sometimes that word used 53, I believe, to be exact. Remembrance of His holiness. So you think about God. You think about His righteousness. You think about His separated holiness. And you declare it in song. He is worthy of our praise and adoration through singing. Even in the long, long ago, that was understood. And may I also say, I would not be a good preacher if I didn't, that God tells us what He wants. God asked us to sing. God commanded us, as a matter of fact, to sing. And that is easy to understand. And we all have the ability to blend our voices and sing unto Him. And to remind I want to read once again Ephesians 5, 19-20. Speaking to yourselves. Now there's one or more, excuse me, three or more, considered when the Bible says speak to one another. It's regarding an assembly there. You speak in your song to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we sing a certain kind of song that praises the Lord singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And we don't just stop there. And giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we come together, every Christian according to this Scripture has the right God-given to speak in our song service. Some ask, why do we insist upon congregational singing? That is one reason why right there. This was to be read to every Christian. Therefore, every Christian had the right to hear it and believe it. And the letter says, speak to one another. That is, to the man and to the woman. I have no right. I've said this before. I want to say it again. I have no right to pick out certain individuals that I believe sing the best 
and tell them you can and you cannot because it's most pleasing to my ear. That makes me God. And I am not. The Lord said to every Christian, speak to one another. And that's very, very easy to understand and to carry out. And when we come together, we insist on worshiping God, making Him the object of our worship, and giving Him what He authorized. Now, let's continue. When we sing, truly, we obey the Lord. And when we obey the Lord, when we demonstrate obedience, we show our love unto Him. And there are numerous passages of Scripture that state that fact. But for your consideration, would you turn with me please to the book of 1 John toward the end of your New Testament, chapter 5 and verse 3. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. And let's just go ahead and start in verse 1. Let's get the whole context here. 1 John chapter 5 and we'll read from verse 1. Through verse 3. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth Him that begat loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. Brothers and sisters, friends, there's no contradiction there. I've heard individuals take this Scripture and pull it out and say that all I have to do to be born of God is believe. No, that's one thing that you have to do. We cannot forget what the Gospel of John has taught as well. That we must be born again of both water and Spirit. And we cannot forget what Peter said as well, that we are born again by the living and enduring Word of God. So if it's in the Word, and it talks about the new birth, a new creation, we have to respect everything the Bible has to say. The church of Christ strives to do just that. We strive to believe in the sum, the whole of the truth. And we strive to follow God in all aspects of His Word and not just some of our choosing. But yes, it all goes back to believing. If you do not believe, you will not repent. If you do not believe, you will not confess your faith. If you do not believe, you're not going to be buried with Him and you're sure not going to live a faithful life if you don't believe in who you're living for. So truly, the one who believes is born of God. And the one who believes will do what God asked him to do or her because they believe. Let's continue. Verse 2, 1 John 5. I apologize. That wasn't part of the sermon at all, but we got there. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. And right there it is. We love God, and we don't stop there. We keep His commandments. For this is the love of God. And this is what I want to highlight for you. Verse 3. That we keep His commandments and His decrees, His commandments, are not burdensome. 
They're not grievous, as the King's English says. That's how you demonstrate your love for God. By doing. Not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer as well. And that's the person of faith. The one that hears and does what God says. Oh yes, the one that rightly divides the Word of truth and the one that studies to show himself or herself approved. That's a believer in God. The commandments, they're for us. The command to sing is for us. The command to pray is for us. To not forsake the assembling of ourselves together is for us. To be interested in God's will in all aspects of life, that's for us. Appreciate that. Live according to that. Strive to be most Christ-like and celebrate Him all the time that you can in glorious song. Sixth and last lesson point this evening. We sing, and touched on this just a moment ago, we sing to express the joy that cannot be contained. Are you that way? When you think about how good God has been to you, and oh, hasn't He? When you think about His Son leaving the splendors of heaven and humbling Himself as a man to the point of death, and not just any death, but the most cruel variety, fulfilling everything written about Him, the Law and the Prophets and the Psalms, when you think about that kind of love, when you think about the death that I owe because of sin, and that God met that for me, that while I was yet a sinner, God's doing these things on my behalf, and He's sending His Son on my behalf to pay my guilty sentence, makes you want to sing, doesn't it? Makes you want to cry first. Makes you want to say thank you. But one way that we express our thanks is through the words of our songs. We're overcome with joy. Joy in our lives. We want to express that joy. The Christian's heart should be full of joy because of salvation that is granted and obtained through Jesus Christ. We're lost and undone without Him. There's no hope. We would be covered in our sins. A multitude with no deliverer. But thanks be to God, there is hope. There is a Messiah. He's paid the price on our behalf. Salvation. Something to sing about. Something to proclaim. To blend our voices. And to express the joy that we've been bought and paid for at the price of the blood of deity that was shed on the cross of Calvary. You know, years ago, I had a terrible habit because I grew up hearing it of saying the blood that was spilled on the cross and always I've gotten older. It was no accident. I've thought about that. Now, I'm not the kind of person to nitpick, but I've made it a point when I'm speaking, it's shed. 
There was a plan from the beginning, from the foundation of the world. And it wasn't spilled. It spilled things accidentally. The more I thought about that, it was shed. It was given freely. Our salvation, that purchase price of Jesus Christ, the church that we enjoy, we've been added to it as we read this morning in the Bible study hour. We received His Word, were baptized, and added to the church. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, quickened together with Him who has raised us up to sit in heavenly places buried with Him by faith in the operation, the working of God, we express that joy that abounds in our hearts, in our spiritual selves. We make that melody coupled with our singing to say thank You, Lord. And I think of that hymn that says just that. Brother Fred DeRose used to lead... Thank You, Lord, for loving me. And thank You, Lord, for blessing me. And thank You for saving my soul. May I share a few Scriptures with you? Psalm 95 and verse 2 says, Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and let us make a joyful noise unto Him with songs. Who are you singing to? Who's the object of worship? We've already defined it. It's God. Let's give unto Him what is most pleasing to Him. That is such a simple understanding, but individuals miss it. It's not about me. Thanks be to the good Lord, I'm not going to be judged on how well I sing. Or I'm going to be in trouble. Because there's individuals can sing circles around me. What you will be judged on, did you teach? Did you admonish? Did you express that joy? Were you willing to participate? Did you have that grace in your heart? James chapter 5 and verse 13 that we alluded to just a moment ago. This joy, it needs to be expressed. And it does so in song. Is any among you afflicted? Are you dealing with anything, brothers and sisters? We all are. We're all afflicted in some way. Various ways. Speaking to us, if you're afflicted, let Him pray. Is anyone merry? Are you joyous? Are you thankful? Do you have a smile on your face? If you do, let Him sing songs. Again, who's that written to? Who's James speaking to? Why, he's speaking to the spiritual Israel, if you will. But who's that? He's speaking to Christian people. There's no doubt about it. To every Christian, if you're married, sing songs. I've thought about that a lot. I've had individuals say to me this. When you say the word song, you must, you have to include the mechanical instrument. If that's the case, and one's married, sing songs solely, every person must sing, and oh yes, 
play that mechanical instrument as well. What goes too far teaches nothing. And there is no person I've ever spoke to that said, yes, that's correct. And they know why they don't say that. Because it just doesn't match up. We sing songs. We sing hymns. We sing spiritual songs. And through that singing that God commanded, we make melody in our hearts. We express joy. Demonstrate grace. And we teach and admonish one another. Singing and singing together. Every Christian having the equal part accomplishes every single word of every single Scripture in the New Testament without fail regarding song. Do you realize that? The words that you can express meets the criteria of everything that God asks for. Teaching, speaking, admonishing, being merry, demonstrating joy. Whatever it may be, it comes from us and it's expressed through what we say and it's expressed through the songs that we sing. Singing serves wonderful, and I chose that word on purpose. That's a powerful word. Wonderful purposes. We praise God. We teach others. We remember. Prepare our hearts. That preparation. We demonstrate and show our love for God by doing what He has told us to do. Keeping His commandments. We express joy that lies deep within Singing should never be placed on the back burner. I've had individuals tell me, well, Brother Baker, singing is just something that we do and I really don't think it's a focal point of worship. Is that what the Bible said? Verse after verse after verse. Please think about 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15. I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with what? The understanding. But it doesn't pause there, does it? I will sing with the Spirit. That's the right attitude. I will sing according to what the Spirit has revealed in the Bible. And I will be happy about that. Because the next part says, I will sing with the understanding. Understanding of what? That I'm teaching. That I'm exhorting. That I'm communicating God's Word. That He's the focal point, And that it is important in the sight of God. So we all participate. It is worship. Singing is an act of worship. And should always be respected as such. And since it is an act of worship, it falls under the umbrella of John 4.24. The one who worships God, the true believer, will worship both in spirit and in truth. So no matter where I am, no matter where we may be assembled, no matter what day it is, if I'm singing a song to God, 
with a mind of worship, it will be done scripturally. It will be done according to what the Bible says. We're not talking about entertainment. We're not talking about doing it because if it has a mind, my mindset to worship God, it must and will be done in spirit and in truth. Truth according to God's Word and again spirit with the right demeanor and outlook and attitude about what you're doing. I close our lesson, please, this evening with one last song. Psalm 28 and verse 7 says so much. Please listen. The Lord is my strength, so says the psalmist. He's my shield. My heart, my spiritual self, has trusted, had confidence in Him, and I am helped. God won't fail you. I am assisting. Therefore, my brother used to say, what's that therefore? He'd always say it tickled me. Therefore, what's that therefore? Therefore, because the Lord's my strength, because He's my shield, that's protection, because I've trusted Him, and because He's seen me through, my heart greatly rejoiceth. And with my song, will I praise Him. I'm here to tell you, if He didn't do any of that, you should still sing praise unto Him. But He has done all that on top of it. And He is worthy of our praise, our song, our adoration. And He is worthy that we sing in a way that correlates with His Word. Why do we sing? Because it's God's plan for our worship unto Him in the music of the church and in song. Simply stated. If you are present this evening and you have a need to render faithful obedience to your Lord's invitation, please know that it would be our joy to help you. Come believing. Willing to put your complete faith and trust in Christ as God's Son to turn away from your sins by repenting of them, to confess your faith before this congregation in Jesus, and to be baptized into Christ in the watery grave for the remission of your past sins, that you may rise to walk in a newness of life, being buried with Him, born again both water and spirit, and added to the church, Christ's church, by God Himself, we implore you to consider the condition of your soul. The most important condition known to man. The condition of your soul this very evening. And if you have a need, won't you respond before it's everlasting too late? There is no hope of tomorrow. As a matter of fact, there's no hope of the next breath. It's just what God provides. And in the fullness of time, the Father will send His Son once again to judge both the quick and the dead. If you have a need to respond, or if we can be of scriptural service to you in any capacity, won't you come? As together we stand and we sing the song of encouragement. The voice of the Savior says,